again, very spiritual. She always instilled God into me a lot. And there was a lesson that she did for me. And she, I remember I asked for like a bunk bed. Again, my sister's older. It's just me. I don't have like another like brother or whatever. I wanted a bunk bed, two beds for no reason, you know? And so she was like, okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. I remember she asked me, she was like, is it okay if, I'm no, no, excuse me, excuse me. She (laughs) She tells people that she asked me, but I remember I just came home one day and my bed was gone. And I'm like, damn, what the hell? I remember there was like a little like, like couch cushions. And again, I'm small, so it was perfect. Yeah. Like a couch cushion like the size of this with like a big teddy bear in the middle of the room. Not, like my desk TV's there, but my bed is gone. And I don't know what the fuck is going on. Obviously, I'm like, I don't know, maybe like You were like, five, mom, six. somebody stole our stole my bed. Yeah, I'm like. Somebody broke in, yeah. took the bed. And I'm like, gone. damn, like what's going on? They left couch cushions and the teddy bear. For mom, me. we've been robbed. <laughs> like, I'm just running in. And she's like, I don't even, and again, I was so young. I don't remember what the dialogue was at, but I remember we just drove down the street, like a couple houses down, and like, I don't know how to tell And there was a family there. It was a single mom with like four or five kids. And we pulled up and she was like, they have your bed. Like, I gave your bed to them. This is Brett Gaffney. Welcome back to A Word Before We Leave. This interview is with the one and only CJ Cologne, a.k.a. one of your friends. And this interview was recorded actually back in November, but CJ requested that I delay the release because big things are coming out for him uh, currently in January. So keep track of what CJ is up to on his Instagram. It is at one of your friends. And CJ is a busy man. He has a lot of things to say about music production, the magic of words, about his mom growing up in Florida and New York and transitioning through life. Uh, and I, I, I just think that there's something for everybody in this, as always. Um, I'm glad that you have come back to join us today, and I wish you the best. But stick around, because there is so much good stuff in this episode. Welcome back to a word before we leave, guys. Spotify listeners, you can now donate and support to the podcast. The link in the bio will help you support the podcast in any generous way that you're feeling we here are fully independently produced and every dime or dollar just goes right back to making the podcast a better place and way for us to keep this thing running so thank you so much for all the love and support and new episodes will be out every other monday for the rest of this year this episode is a little late on the posting i want to apologize one more time for that guys We just got some technical difficulties that we had to get through, but everything is back and we are continuing to keep the ball rolling. Welcome back to A Word Before We Leave. It's your boy CJ, aka one of your friends. Hey, and my name is Brett Gaffney. Welcome back, guys. Well, let's get started. We'll start with the classic word of the day. So today's word of the day is olfactory. This is brought to you by Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Not sponsored, but one day it will be. And olfactory is an adjective, and it means... Olfactory describes things that have to do with the sense of smell. Uh, And their example sentences, Few can deny the olfactory pleasures of fresh-baked bread, sea breezes, and apple blossoms. All sense with the power to trigger intense nostalgia. So now that we have the word of the day, you come up with a sentence using it, and then I'll come up with a sentence using it. I'm going to use your run that back one more time. Olfactory describes things that have to do with the sense of smell. It's commonly referred to the olfactory nerve in the brain, which controls the the literal sense of smell. Mm. Damn, that's a tough one. 
if you want, I can come up with the sentence. Yeah, you go, go ahead. So you can kind of like yeah, feel it out. Uh, um, when I walked into the cafe, my olfactory nerve activated and I could smell coffee. I like the joint. And my old factory nerve is happy. That works. Yeah, that works. <laughs> that works. All right. Well, CJ, we're going to dive into the interview, but all we got to do now is get talking. So, CJ, tell me, you're from New York originally, and we're currently now in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know, um, we'll start talking with your past and then work your way to the present and the future as we go through some segments and questions. But, CJ, Tell me, what was it like growing up in New York? Well, actually, I moved to New York when I was 19. Well, that's even more interesting. Yeah. CJ, they, tell me, what yeah. was it like growing up? Yeah, wherever I grew up, you so, grew up. Yeah, so I grew up in um, I grew up in Florida. I was there from till 19 years old. Um, grew up both of my parents. They're very loving. Grew up with a sister. She's seven years older than me. Um, and I would say it was just regular small town stuff. Nothing really going on. Um, I grew up in the local politics scene i'm gonna let this go by too real quick um my mom she she well let me backtrack with that too sure sure um, like what do you mean by the local politics yeah scene? so uh my mom was born in ecuador she eventually moved to jersey city when she was like 11 and then boom boom and my dad at whatever age and then they eventually moved to florida and i was a second born and so i was born in 97 and i think like Early 2000s or so, she started, I think she became a deputy mayor for the city of Palm Bay, Florida. Um, and then she eventually she just worked her way up. I think like eight, 12 years later, she became the county commissioner, the chairman county commissioner of Brevard County, which is, I think, like the third or fourth, fifth biggest county or third, I think, in the city uh, in the state of Florida. So she was definitely a powerful individual for sure. You know, she was a leader. She definitely knew how to control things, but she was a good person. She definitely, she would always say um, that the people was her boss. You know, even though she was the boss, she would say the people was, you know. And so she definitely cared for people. She came up, you know, she she definitely came up from the hood, honestly. Like in Ecuador, she she came from a different background. But then obviously you move out here as, you know, she grew up differently. And she has that mindset of... um being grateful of what she has and she wants to help other people because she was in that position. So that's kind of her whole mindset of, of how she moved. And she was, you know, a really good politician. She was actually a good politician. You know, she wasn't trying to fuck people over. She wanted to help people. She wanted to help the people. And so that was my mom and my dad, um, grew up in the, or he grew up in East New York and then eventually moved to New Jersey. Met my mom, boom, boom, had my sister, moved to Florida, had me. And he was in, the he was a probation officer and so kind of having not really like but they were again too they were from new york and they're from jersey so you had like two government exact parents yeah like these but parents they, were they like didn't move working like that, in government though. but didn't act like they were in government but they were they were these government workers you know your dad's a probation officer so he probably went through academy and a bunch of other police things right yeah and then your mom coming from ecuador she was an immigrant mm-hmm. uh moving to florida becoming this kind of larger than life character what was that like growing up in that kind of household yeah so i definitely my mom like i, I taught me quick how to communicate especially to older people because we would go to a lot of events and she'd tell me how to shake my hand tight 
when I met people and just, you know, set up straight, even though I'm probably not set up straight right now, but just definitely how to carry yourself, especially in being in rooms. You know, I was young, but she's out here with all these politicians and shit. a lot of rich people, really. Totally. Honestly. And so um, definitely having that type of mindset, I guess, allowed me to communicate with other people growing up. And she always instilled strong faith into me, too. Um, she's very, she has very strong faith. We believe in God. We're Christians, but we're kind of more spiritual. And so um, I went to church probably a lot till I was like about 10 or so. And then we kind of stopped going. I don't really know why. But um, she kind of just instilled her wisdom herself. And kind of my dad, too. My, I would say I get my spiritual side from my mom. But I get my my common sense and my streets or street smarts from my dad. He um very smart man. He um fire baseball player, but he also went to private schools growing up because he had a scholarships for playing baseball, and he also had the good grades. And so very smart man. Like even in the navy too and everything, he was he climbed up quick. And um, so I kind of get my my common sense and my critical thinking and things like that from my pops, and then I say my spiritual side from my mom. Do you have any wild stories from growing up? Maybe where your parents either disciplined you or they caught you in the act of something or they were just like, like, what? tell me an experience from your childhood that you just always can remember, you know, like one of your favorite stories. I don't know, man. I wasn't a bad kid. Really? Yeah. I honestly. feel like I was an ornery kid. Like, I feel like every kid's got like a lit, you know, because you got to learn from yeah. your, learn from your mistakes. So you yeah. got to make the mistake to learn it. I'd say, I don't know. I think... My mom never, there was, one, I don't even know what I did. There was one time my mom really like chewed my ass out, bro. Like really was like, no, nah, blah, 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 like cursing at me. Cause she's not that type. There was only one time like, she'll probably hear this. I'm sorry, mom. Like, you know, I, I would say definitely that only happened one time. Every other time she just like talked to me and like, we learned how to communicate. Honestly, she, of course she, that's, that's that gotta be, mom. that's gotta be amazing to grow up. Like having your parents just sit down, calm, calm headed, yeah. no emotions, be like, all right, this is what went wrong. Let's mm-hmm. talk about this. Like, let's yeah. figure it out. Yeah. And it, um, I don't know. I think that was the only time I can't even tell you what I did, but I remember she like, it was in the morning, like right before school. I must've did some shit. I don't know. I was late. I don't know. And I remember she texted me when we were outside. Like, she was like, Hey, I'm sorry. Because she's never done that before. Yeah. She knew it too. She was. She like, snapped. Yeah, she snapped. And so again, I don't even know what I did. Um, but that was that was like the only incident I think. And like that's what I, I guess what I was trying to say with my mom. Like she's very powerful and she kind of stood a lot of things. I didn't do bad shit. I always had a good good amount of friends um, that were good people, and I never really got into some shit. Even as I got older too, like eventually my parents split and. Uh, she would kind of just let me do what I did. I was just me and her living and school. Like, she wasn't a bad parent, but like school nights, I'd come in like 10, 11, 12 at night because I'd be coming from a friend's house down the street, you know, just totally, as an example totally. of like she trusted me because I wouldn't do bad shit. Yeah. You know? And so, um, yeah. And my pops too, he he forced me to play baseball when I was younger. And so. Did you I like think, baseball? No. <laughs> I love sports. I love sports. But, but not I, baseball. Nah, I hated baseball. I was scared, man. I was pussy. Honestly, I was scared of the ball. That shit hit me and I was just like scared of it. Yeah. You know, and so I, I just never, never went good. But he would get, like I said before, he was really good at baseball. And so, of course, he, you know, Puerto Rican, he was like, nah, you playing baseball. Like, for sure. And so it went and I guess that was his attempt of like, you know, trying to, to get me to do things and not to quit. But I would say maybe that was one of the times too that. 
we probably had disagreements when I was younger and he sat me down and was like, nah, like you're playing, you know? And I was just like, how long did you play? I don't know. Maybe like four seasons, maybe. I think the last, uh, the first couple, I didn't really care. I was like, oh, cool. And then like, what was your position? I don't even know. I probably, uh, I know, <laughs> some type of like outfield where they just, you don't go over there. Stay out there. Back left field. Yeah. yeah. If the ball comes to you, catch the ball. It's all yeah, you got to do. Yeah. But I, I love sports though. Like that wasn't my sport. Like I really got into baseball later on and stuff. And that's also another thing too. I feel like, cause I love sport. I love like just doing like uh, athletic shit, even though that sounds corny, but just like, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, just do things outside playing sports and things like be that. Be healthy, be active, yeah, stay like, in shape. Yeah. Especially growing up. I was, I was with that a lot. Cause it's Florida too. Everybody, all my friends played multiple sports. Well, the weather's gotta be amazing. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it rains and then it's sunny, right? That's yeah, about out it. Of nowhere. And literally like, it, you can see the, like a small patch of rain over there raining. That's not funny, but like you can, you'll literally see it down the street. And where your ass perfectly dry, but you'll see the rainfall like where the stop signs at. You're like, well, the rain might be coming, but it could just be heat lightning in like an hour. Yeah, yeah. And so that was that was kind of the climate of Florida. And so that being said, we would always play sports, and that was something he tried to force me, and I just didn't. I was like, nah. But then I got into basketball, and that's where I thrived, and that's where I was like, oh, I like this, I get it, la la. Like, and um, that's something definitely we bonded over too, for sure, with sports. And what what was your position in basketball? Um, so I I started in, in middle school. And then I went to high school playing on a team and I played point guard and shooting guard. Fire. Yeah. And then um, I played, I was doing that and then also played soccer in high school. Um, and then I was goalkeeper my senior year and never played, or excuse me, my junior year. And I never played soccer before in my life. And Dude, so, I, I did I did recreational soccer in high school and I was so, so bad. <laughs> what I position was, were you? I, I was defender. I was just defender for the goal. So I wasn't like goalie, but I was mm-hmm. like in the backfield. And I could not stop a single goal. Like yeah. I could not get to the ball. Yeah. Like yeah. these guys had all these fancy footworks from playing since they were six, and I was like, I'm gonna try to kick it away. Hell That's yeah. all I'm gonna do. Defense is is like really important too because my defense was horrible, and so I would always get shot on. And so I was always yeah. Active. So I was the bad defender. <laughs> you were the goalie. It's like oh my god. Oh hey Willow, sorry Willow clacking up. Um, but yeah, that was definitely something that me and my dad bonded over a lot too with sports and. Um, he come to my games, you know, we, uh, they helped like pave like a basketball court. Um, eventually we, I lived in a couple houses too growing up. Um, we had the same one, I think it was like off of Derrick Terrace for the longest. And then eventually, uh, my mom was doing good, you know, with the whole politics stuff and my pops was doing good. And so they planned on, and I don't mean to put too much of their shit out there, but, um, we, they planned, they built their dream home essentially. In this like town next over called Malabar, Florida, it's like a lot of woods and stuff. It's middle of nowhere type shit, but a lot of nice houses. A lot of space. Yeah, a lot of space. There'd be like small houses, but then I don't know where to. You would see this ginormous ass house and stuff, and because it was just space. Yeah, like you said, and um, eventually moved there, and we lived on ten acres, fourteen acres. That's. That's yeah. pretty nice. And this was like when like shit was lower to it. Now like that's a lot more. Yeah. You know? But definitely. like back then when they bought it, it was going good. And um and by no means too either were we loaded. Not at all. It's just they but were But you good. guys were comfortable, you we know. You had you yeah. had a good life. It wasn't like you guys were starving or anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, extremely blessed, extremely like we had what we needed for sure. My parents made made sure of that. And so um they paved that and then they paved like a little like square, which I'm sure it costs a lot, you know, but my mom really wanted that for me. 
and my pops too. I, I first, I think it was definitely for them too. But they, um, because at first it was like a little, it was all grass and mud and stuff. So when it would rain, like in Florida, it would get really muddy. Yeah. So we needed a little like pavement for the cars, um, and eventually, that was just my basketball court, and then me and my dad would be out there a lot and stuff, and that was something we definitely like did a lot. That's amazing. Yeah, that's got to be like just to have your own basketball court, like. We always know our parents love us, but mm-hmm. when they do something that big, it, it just kind of, sh- I don't know, like, it's just something that's unbelievable. Like, they love you so much, they're going to put concrete in the ground so that mm-hmm. you can play your favorite sport on earth. Literally hold it down. They can li- put the concrete down. They put the concrete down. They literally laid it down, put the basketball hoop up, and they said, hey, we're not just going to park our cars here. We're mm-hmm. going to play ball. Yeah. And I was, and I definitely, literally that sounds dope too, but now we go play ball. Yeah. And, um. That was something my mom, that's just always how the love she gave me growing up was like, no, nah, we're going to do it for you. Um, and she would always just figure it out. But there was definitely, she definitely taught me a lot too. There was, I remember one time, again, very spiritual. She always instilled God into me a lot. And she, there was a lesson that she did for me. And she, I remember I asked for like a bunk bed. Again, my sister's older. It's just me. I don't have like another like brother or whatever. I wanted a bunk bed, two beds for no reason. You know, and so she was like, okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. I remember she asked me, she was like, is it okay if, I don't know, excuse me, excuse me. She she tells people that she asked me, but I remember I just came home one day and my bed was gone. And I'm like, damn, what the hell? I remember there was like a little like, like couch cushions and again i'm small so it was perfect yeah. like a couch cushion like the size of this with like a big teddy bear in the middle of the room Not, like my desk tv's there but my bed is gone and i don't know what the fuck is going on obviously i'm like i don't know maybe like you were like five, mom six. somebody stole our stole my bed yeah i'm like somebody broke in yeah. took the bed and i'm Bed's like gone damn like what's going on they left couch cushions and a teddy bear for mom me. we've been robbed <laughs> like <laughs> i'm just running in and she's like i don't and again i was so young i don't remember what the dialogue was that but I remember we just drove down the street, like a couple houses down or like, I don't know, X amount. And there was a family there. It was a single mom with like four or five kids. And we pulled up and she was like, they have your bed. Like I gave your bed to them. And again, too, I'm mad young. I'm not processing anything. But that's just how, like, again, her, like her people was, or the boss was the people. She was always for the people. Mm-hmm. And so she knew they needed a bed, blah, blah, blah. She gave my bed to them. And it was a decent size bed for the kids. And so that night I slept on the floor with like a cushion and stuff. Go to school the next day, come back, the bunk bed's there. Yo. And so she was like, if you, basically if you give what's need to be given or you do what's right, in a sense just out of pure love in your heart, God will reward you. And so my reward, she was showing me, was the bunk bed. But That's she was amazing. like, nah, like you're going to get this bed, blah, blah, blah. So she tells people. That like, oh, I chose to like give him the bed. Nah, she took the bed. She's like, nah, like not literally, but she was like, sleep, you're going to sleep on the floor that night. You learned a lesson, yeah. but it was like a valuable lesson. Extremely valuable. And so um, that's just how my mom moved growing up, for real. Well, that's, that's, that's absolutely, that's mm-hmm. a great story. Well, I think it's time we do another segment, and then I think we keep going. Mm-hmm. All right, so this segment is going to be called uh, Wordplay. I'm going to count us down from three. It'll be like a three, two, one, and then we say this, say a word, okay. any word, nothing in the room that you can see. Try not to repeat words and try not to do names, and then uh, we don't want to talk too much about the words either, so we don't like give each other hints, you know. Okay. So we're just trying to like associate a common word between the two words we've said randomly, and then get to the same word. 
So I'll just do, after a couple times. Yeah, multiple okay. rounds of three, two, one, and then we'll say a word. But you'll get the, you know, once you start playing, you'll figure it out. So anything, any random word, nothing in the room, nothing you can see, and then I'm gonna count down from three, and then it'll be like a three, two, one word. I got a, I got a, I got a word. Three, two, one, ambulance. Oh. Drum, ambulance. Drum, drum and ambulance. ambulance. I got a word. Okay. Three. Wait. Two. It, it's like a drum and ambulance. That's all I we think know. This is one word. I could be wrong. I'm sorry if it's not. All right. Drum and ambulance. Three, two, one. Heartbeat. Siren. Siren and heartbeat. I got a word. Okay. Damn. I might be fucking this up, but I think no, we're no, kind of no, no, getting. No, no, no. You're doing it. Okay, you're doing okay, it. Okay. Three, two, one. Flatline. Monitor. Monitor and flatline? That's pretty close. That is That's getting super, closer. Yeah, all, super right, close. all right, all right, all uh, right. I think I got a word. I don't know um, if it's going to... I got a word. Monitor and flatline. Because uh, I want to get this right. Think about it. Think about <laughs> I got to think Don't think it. too deep. You already got it? I already got okay, it. Okay, yeah. I'm I thinking think super simple right now. Yeah. Monitor and flatline. Oh, okay. All right. It's really simple. Super simple. Okay. Three, two, one. Screen. Death. Oh, okay. That's, well, because you said <laughs> super. Simple, I was like, it's not simple. Death and Damn, screen. Facts. Death and screen. Uh, this is this might push us away. <laughs> no, I got one. I got one. Death right. and screen. It might be a stretch, but that's we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Oh, I'm gonna fuck this up. All right, let's do it. Three, two, one. Scream. Crime. I almost, I almost said scream. Really? Yeah, I was oh, thinking damn. it. Crime and scream. Mm-hmm. I got it. Okay. Crime and scream. Yeah. Three, two, one. Rob. Murder. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, I should have said that <laughs> shit too. God damn it. You Murder and Rob. You yeah. said Rob. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I got mine. I got it. Three, two, one. Gun. Criminal, criminal, and gun. You can say that. That kind of that, doesn't that go backwards a little bit? But it's not crime. Crime. Okay, crime is the act. Criminal yes. is the person. person yeah. Criminal and gun, right? Yeah. Okay, I got it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Three, two, one. Gun shoot. Point. Shoot. That, gu- shoot and gun point. Shooting gunpoint. Yeah. Okay. Now we. I got. I got. I think I got. Three, two, one. Fire. Fire and bullet. Uh, I I got one. I got one. Fire and bullet. Yeah. All right. We're on the same page. Yeah. No, we are. But fire and bullet. Yeah. Three, two, one. Ammo. Ammo and shoot. Damn. Uh, We're like okay. We know where we're. Wait, wait, wait. This is so easy. Ammo and shoot. Okay. Okay. I think. I think. I think. Three, two, two. one. Target. Trigger. Trigger oh, and dude, target. We did the TRs or the T's. T's, yeah, yeah, T's, yeah. T's. Trigger and target. I could really fuck this up and go crazy now. I got I can like stretch away I mean, from us. I'm thinking, just think the two words that we got right now. That's like all you need. Trigger and target? Trigger and target. I like this game. I got one, I got one word that could be broken down into two, but I'm just going to say the second of the two. If that makes sense. It probably doesn't because you don't know what the word is. Trigger and target. Mm-hmm. You got it? No. Think about it. Think about it. This might, <laughs> this might not come. Trigger and target. All right. All right. Three, two, one. Range. range. Oh, there we 
go. There we go. Perfect. I was thinking gun range. I nice. was like, yup, right. yup. I like that's that. Fire. I'm, I'm gonna do that more. That's fun. It's it's so fun. <laughs> it's a church camp game. I learned it at church camp back in like 2017, and. We didn't have any of our cell phones or anything, so we were just like sitting in the basement of this cabin, and someone was like, I'm so bored. And I was like, I got a game. <laughs> what is it called? It's called, uh, uh, I just call it Wordplay. I don't know what the actual name is, because it's so simple, but it's really easy to do over podcast because you don't have to like do any imagery or anything. Yeah. There's no like writing anything down. There's no pieces. It's just you playing with the words. Yeah. I'm sure you really tap in with somebody with that game, and totally. you can really like... Get there's the some people level. there's some people that I had to do two to three rounds because we got it in like first mm-hmm. try, second try. Connected. Like immediately. Yeah. But it's like it's it's kind of spiritual, honestly, because mm-hmm. you, you feel like you can like read that person and they can read you, and then you guys get on the same page, boom, you're saying the same words. I believe that's real. I believe there's in a in a way too, it's like I feel you can train we all have senses, right? I feel like something like that is like a sense. Or like even manifestation is a sense, and I might be going off topic with this. But it's like the spiritual side, you know. Like yeah, there's I like, feel like you can train those things to where totally. you can control it, and it's totally. like you're a superhero. You get what I'm saying? I mean, like everyone has superpowers in their in their own way. Like mm-hmm. the reason I call it a word before we leave is because I think the words that we say, like physically speak, have a lot of power. Definitely. I don't know if it's spiritual power, but it's a power nonetheless. Like if they think that. Uh, yesterday defines today. Like everything that you've done, said, mm-hmm. uh, or thought will define how you feel, what you do, what your plans are, what the just what your day looks like tomorrow, you know? Mm-hmm. So the words are the same way. If you talk negatively about yourself, you will be those words that you say about yourself. 100%. Talk positive about yourself, all of a sudden you're a very positive form of yourself. It's the same as if like, you look in the mirror and you're like, I'm, I'm feeling handsome today. You could say that every day, even if you don't actually feel handsome, you'll start to believe it. Thousand percent. Like you can control your thoughts with your words. Thousand percent. I might, it might sound like I'm awesome shit, but I'm about to give you like a little conspiracy theory or like almost like a, a theory, a thought that my homie gave me. And I, I believe to some extent, but it sounds crazy. Basically to summarize it, words are magic. Like saying technology is magic. We think of magic like Alakazam, poof, blah, blah, blah. You know, but actually like what we say can act is literally what magic why do you think they call it spells like witches you know what i'm saying things mm-hmm. like that and so the way you speak and the way you 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 um not and people use it for evil sometimes it's called manipulation totally you know what i'm totally. saying if you can by the words you say you can really trick somebody to do whatever you want whether how mentally strong they are you know what i'm saying Same with like hip, hypnosis like hypnotism is not actually real but it's like these people can in a way catch you off guard mm-hmm. which then allows you to believe what is happening yeah and so if you get really good at that you can really do it you can climb your way up to the top you hear about those people all the time that they they know they're not really not that they don't have talent that in itself is a talent but like they don't really have like actual credentials or whatever it is to be in that position they just know how to talk to people and to get what they want and move their way up you hear people like that all the time and so i feel those type of things it's it's actual sorcery i know it's as, the po- as we, they say it's the politician's power you get what i'm saying it's and the so, politician's power yeah. you know like some of your favorite politicians you, you i mean i wouldn't say favorite but some of the biggest politicians mm-hmm. some of the ones that have done some of the craziest things you know you can think about some past presidents how yeah. do they get there exactly they're big with words yeah look at trump with his whole thing and like whether he says is you believe it true or not but just the way he says things it's not the craziest but 
people get it and they relate to it and that's how he gets a big following same thing with hitler if you want to connect those two, go right ahead. But like, if like we're, we're by no means are we condoning what these people said, but they obviously did at their time get a following yeah. of a lot of people based off things they said. And words. and and people like you know you always look back, you hear like like I've been to Dachau, which is one of the Jewish concentration camps in Germany, right. one of the death camps, and a lot of the locals were like, we didn't know what was happening, and Hitler's influence was so hard to ignore. You know, it was like, it was like, we didn't know that this was going on because we were so blinded by our own thoughts and feelings uh, towards Germany. Because since World War One up to this point, this political figure had been becoming not only a monster, but also garnering such a large audience, he was impossible to ignore. With his words. And so it's just with his words. You can call that magic. It's like, let's say like we take, we just take the variables out. Let's say like, but like, I don't want this to get taken out of context since this is going out on the internet. We do not condone Hitler. We (laughs) don't like that. Terrible. Not at all. But one of the worst human beings ever. But that's what I said. I play it back to like, sometimes people use it for the wrong, you know, and some also in a good way to bring it to good, um, motivational speakers, they change people's lives. They really do change. They really do. You know? And so, and you can look at that as magic. You know, it's just like, if I have if I have this potion, right, and it's like gonna alter your mind to trick you into loving whatever the fuck, you know? Yeah, like a snake oil. Yeah, love you potion. drink that, cool, blah blah blah. Now you're hypnotized to whatever that. Let's just say, like, I say certain words to you that change your whole think, like your process of thinking, and now you're in love with that person, and blah blah blah. You know, obviously that's like very like, um, very general, and like there's a lot of details in between that's left out. But just the point of it is like, you can really use your words to. Almost do whatever you want. And to me, what my homie was telling me, that's like magic. And I think that's cool to think of it like that. It's like you're a wizard, you know? Yeah. But yeah, a great I mean, great power comes great responsibility. If you fuck around with that, you can really do some bad things. Totally. It's like, why do people listen to podcasts? Yeah. It's all words. Mm-hmm. And yet people resonate with it so much. Yeah. So CJ, mm-hmm. we've talked a lot about your past. I wanted to dive into your present a little bit. Mm-hmm. What did you want to be growing up? And how has that led you to today? Truly really told different things. I mean, just your average, like I said, I really love sports growing up. I want to be in the NBA. You know, I had hoop dreams. I did. Ball used to be life. I mean, it still is, but it's not It's not a priority. But I love basketball. That was my biggest thing growing up. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be an athlete. La, la. Um, but then I grew up in around, it was an actual moment when I, so I make music now. And that's my passion and that's my thing. It was an actual moment. It was so weird. It's like as if God like threw that into me. But it was, I remember where I was at too. I was with my uncle, Julio, who also is a huge influence on my life. Um, I remember we were passing down uh, Malabar Road, past the Palm Bay Hospital, and he was playing Dead Mouse, Strobe. And he's always been into cars and like loud music and stuff. And so he's blasting that shit. And I'm probably like 14, 15, maybe, maybe like 14. Um, and I just started getting chills. And I'm like, I, for the first time, I'm listening to this song and I'm like understanding the progression, how things sound. I feel the bass and I'm just like, what is this? Like, I've never had this feeling before. Like, it was like an actual, if like somebody threw some type of happiness at you and you just caught it in your body and it was just like, wow. And I remember I was like, what is this? He's like, oh, it's Dead Mouse, the strobe. I remember I went home, got into really started listening to Dead Mouse and Skrillex. And then also around the same time, he showed me Trap Call Quest. And so those kind of two dictated my love for music. And then that's what I do today. Yeah, this like techno hip hop dubstep. And then yeah. you had like 90s rap. Yeah. That's fire. Yeah. And that's, so that's that, that, so, that, so different too. Yeah. 
No, I'm definitely grateful for my uncle. He was a huge influence when it came to that and like my passion today. Shout out to Julio, man. Um, he, he even raised me too. I kind of left that out. He would babysit me a lot. And so he would definitely have a big influence on me. I love that man to death. He's like a second father. Um, but yeah, that kind of dictated between Dead Mouse and Tropical Quest. Everything in between, that's kind of what I make today. And that's what I love. What's your favorite uh, tribe song? Um, I, think I mean, I'm basic. My... Mine's is Can I, Can I Kick It? That's classic. But that's, it's a classic. It's a reason it's classic. It's so sure. good. Um, it is. I was actually listening to it when I was running earlier today. Um, it was, I think it's called Get a Hold. It's the Beat, Rhymes, and Life Project. And it's number two, Get a Hold. Um, track is so amazing. Big influence, too, is also Jay Dilla. Jay so, Dilla, amazing. dude. Jay Dilla yeah, is dope. The fucking guy, rest in peace. And that project was with the Uma, and that was Tribe Called Quest and Jay Dilla. I think one other person. And you like any Doom? M- mm-hmm. Any MF Doom? I'm not knowledgeable. I respect him. Rest for in sure. peace as well. Yeah, definitely rest in peace. But I, oh, Willow's going crazy. <laughs> um, I definitely respect MF Doom, but I haven't really sat down. There's a lot of people I got to sit down and educate myself with. Dude, Doom is Doom's got a Jay Dilla sound. I believe it. I mean, some Doom heads might come at me and be like, shut up. You can't say that. Shut yeah. up. Doom is modern. But like, he's he's p- playing. He's mm. been doing it for so long. You Definitely know? a legend. Definitely like a big influence too. Yeah. You hear it. Totally. For sure. Totally. For the songs I have heard yeah. from Doom, like you definitely hear it. For sure. So you're in music production now. Mm-hmm. And you were in New York at 19. You grew up in Florida. Parents are political, government, responsible human beings that have mm-hmm. really raised you right basketball has become more of a hobby now i'd say yeah i just play it but like you still love the game still still ball is life yeah basketball is my favorite sport totally totally so what are you doing nowadays like what's your normal routine what's it look like and Mm -hmm. what are you doing to make producing your thing yeah i um so i moved so 19 i moved to new york um started doing engineering there um that's i got my foot in the industry worked at a studio called andrew audio in wall street Kind of fast forward, got my connections, moved out here in March. Right now it's November. Um, been out here for whatever that math is. And it's going really good. Extremely blessed. Um, I already had some connections out here that I made in New York. Um, a lot happened in New York. Do you want to give us a little I mean, abridged yeah, version of yeah, what happened? Yeah, so I was there for six years. Because I know you told me a little bit, but yeah. I think the audience might like to hear yeah, it. Yeah, I was. So I moved. Yeah, I can't leave New York out. It's so essential to me right now. But um, I... Moved to New York again, like I said, a bunch of times in 19. But the first like year and a half was like one of the most like depressing years of my life. Other than like my junior year of high school, my parents split. That was really tough. But because, you know, just basic divorce shit. Yeah, my parents know? are divorced. I was yeah. eight. You know, mm-hmm. I, I get it. Yeah, no, it's definitely tough. But, you know, we prevail. We, we keep it going. Um, everything's good now. But I moved to New York and I literally did not hang out with nobody for like a year, year and a half. Quite literally. In New York. In New York. I was living in... There's people everywhere. Yeah. I moved to... I moved with my sister, South to Jasmine. So essential to my upbringing, for sure, too. My older sister. She um, moved in with her in Queens, Queens Village. And I was living with her. And I was working at... Also Long Island. Right when I I moved there, we moved to Long Island, New Hot Park. And then like three or four months, I moved to Queens. But I was working at this restaurant called Tavern 18. And I would just work, come home, and learn Ableton which is the program I use every single day for like a whole year. Did not hang out with nobody, literally nobody. Like I would just work back, work back. Those are the times I, w- I barely go outside. If I wasn't working, like I wouldn't go outside because I would just be stuck home. But I had the demo version of Ableton 
And for the ones I don't know, with the demo version of Ableton, you can't save. So I would make a beats for like a year straight, but couldn't save none of them. So I would make a beat and for like a day or two, and then I have to move on to the next one. And I kind of compared it to like when monks like do that whole sand thing, you know, like they make like a nice like sand pattern or whatever you want to call it. And it's nice and beautiful. They look at it, take it for what it is, and they blow it away afterwards. Careful, and, uh, careful. Yeah, my bad. No, you get <laughs> and, and they blew it and they would blow it away afterwards. And that's kind of how I looked at it. So you you made what you you made possibly like three hundred to five hundred beats, and you just had to scrap them immediately. Yeah, because that was a learning process. They're probably trash, hot trash. But Definitely. still, like yeah. you made this thing, and then you crumpled it up at mm-hmm. the end of it because you just didn't have the means to save it. Yeah. Also, I couldn't afford Ableton at the time. I couldn't Ableton's buy it. expensive. Yeah, I, I understand. Expensive. Yeah. And so at that, it was like it was it was both. It was like one, I couldn't even do it if I want to, and two, I was just like I knew I was learning, and I knew it was like. It didn't let me attach to things. It was just pure reps, pure like putting shots up, like literally nothing but just boom, next, boom, next, boom, next. And and the more I, you did it, the better you got. Yeah. And I got mad comfortable with Ableton, Ableton, mad comfortable. That's like, that's my main thing now. Um, but then, so I was doing that the first year of New York and um, <laughs> uh, eventually I got into this small trade school uh, for music production called Dubstop, Dub, Dubspot, I think it was. Um, and they closed down. Um, and so I was, that's essentially why I moved to New York too. I can let the part out. I seen that school in Florida, like my senior year of high school. And I was like, oh, that's my, like, I'm not going to college, but that's like my trade school. That's my reason to go. Went up there, did the program for like six, a, since, a six month program, but they closed down four months in. And so again, I'm not hanging out with anybody. My school just closed down. I'm like, what the fuck am I about to do? I don't know anybody at all in New York. Um, I look up more schools and then I find Recording Connection, which is an engineering program. Um, and essentially, instead of having a classroom, they put you in studios wherever you're at. So let's say if I was in Orlando, they put me a student in Orlando. Since I was in New York, they put me a student in New York. Um, did the class there, learned how to engineer. Eventually got an internship there because I got cool with everybody. Eventually got an engineering job there. And that's where I met everybody that has helped me today. Who is everybody? Um, I met my boy E Madonna, fire uh, producer, DJ. But he's also about to own a bar in New York. Shout out, shout out to E Madonna, bro. My boy Eric, um, Perfection, aka Avian. That's like my sister, you know for sure. She was definitely somebody that held it down, and um, she helped me get my first placement um, with this artist named Vori and Beam, um, and things like that. Everything that's like my first, like also through Eric, I got uh, my first Coda placement. Coda the friend, he's a big artist too. And those were definitely two things that helped my confidence and allowed me to even show people like, hey, I really make music. And so those type of things were essential and I met them through there. But if my school didn't close down, I would have never gone to Recorded Connection and never been to there. So it's, you know, everything happens for a reason. Every, everything does happen for a reason. I always think back to, um, for the listeners, if you listen back to uh, episode eight, Emily Shikai and the people we knew, or maybe that's, oh no, that's episode seven, Emily Shikai and the people we knew. Um, she says this quote, she's like, I don't like it when people say everything happens for a reason because some people have really bad things happen to them and the way they go through it is like, oh, well, everything happens for a reason. And it's like, yeah, but that's disrespectful to the people that are hurting right now. Mm -hmm. So she said on it too long because you're right. Like what's happened has happened. Like that's my past. And like every moment that has happened and everything has led me to this. I don't like the phrase. Here's something I'll challenge you and other people with. I don't like the phrase. Everything happens for a reason. I think that phrase gets thrown around a little too guilty. I know. (laughs) And I think it's just like, 
I mean, I don't think it's a bad statement. I think it's just the context in which people use it. You have to just like think a little bit on it where it's like, I don't think it's fair to say like in the worst of times and in the most traumatic of people's events, well, everything happens for a reason. It just like gets thrown out there too liberally. An event out of your control. Yes. But so what I like to say instead of like everything happens for a reason is like everything might not happen for a reason, but like you can find reason from everything. Like you can find a meaning and you can find a purpose and you can find something from something that happened. Even if it's like, it might be a little too like foolish or a little too negligent to say, well, everything happens for a reason. It's like, I can find, yes. Like I found my, like my moment happened and it happened and I can't change it. And that's the past. I can dwell on that all I want, but I can also sit there and find the, the reason that I'm going to continue doing xyz because of that moment you choose the reason that you put it to you know like you can kind of understand where it brought you and you found a way to make a bad thing happen into a good thing you know like at the end of the day like you made it work which is like kudos to you you know thank you like you gotta like give yourself credit like the universe is watching over you totally god is there and god is also making sure that you have a little bit of free will to make sure it happens as well. 100%. I think that's that's a big thing. And that's a big thing with my homie Cruz who lives out here. He's a fire artist, producer. I do a lot of stuff with him. He always has this talk. He's like, this is literally what he says. Is it fate or free will? And that's the question. And he just asks everybody this. And so I think it's a little bit both of sense how life is. Is it fate as like, this is what's just going to happen? Or is it free will, whatever, you know, you do is because of you. I feel like it's a mix of both. I feel like there's a, a path that you're already set on, but you have the decision to allow yourself to continue on that path. Or if you make a decision, it can turn you onto a different path. But also that path is already there to totally. make that wrong decision. You know what I'm saying? So I, I feel like everything does happen for a reason. There's so many things that have happened to me that... Like I, I no I, such thing as coincidences. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Yeah, I'm and firm there, there might have yes, like unfortunately there might have been bad things that happened to somebody, but one, I mean this might be taken out of context, but one you're still here, and you still have you got to things, go out through your you life. You got things to do. You still got things to do, and so maybe that particular thing it might have been horrible. Might have been somebody taken away from you. Might have been whatever the fuck, but it's up to you to allow that to be something that changes you for the better does that make sense totally and i think this is a perfect time to segue into one more segment and then we move into the final questions all right so this is going to be word definition i'm going to say a word and then you define it in your own words it doesn't i'm going to say one word but you can have a full sentence two sentences to define it uh but it's going to be like pretty general just quick bigger larger topics and then we'll talk about your future and that includes death and all the scary stuff but good stuff so here's the word I'll give you like five, okay? Music. Sounds created by individuals filled with passion, whether it's good or bad. Fire. Family. A sense of community from blood that people you can't choose. Love. Everything. Life. God. Death. It is what it is, man. (laughs) (laughs) It is what it is. Totally. Yeah, not, yeah. I guess just guaranteed and uh one more word we'll do uh comfort being in a place mentally where you're calm and i don't know the word for it but like 
when you're okay with being vulnerable i guess I, I don't know if that has to correlate but just in a place where it's like you you feel at un, you feel at ease and it's like you're calm and you don't care how you're portrayed i guess does that, does that make sense like open you're like i guess open, open to, to whatever it is what yeah. you're wearing you're saying whatever the fuck totally yeah. totally all right now we'll do some of the last few questions mm-hmm. and that'll be it you're done cj is there one thing one goal that you've had that you still have that you really want to achieve and if so what is it i don't know i have physical goals like i want to get a new car i want to move into a crib i've been living in apartments the past nine years but like actual bigger than that like other than like materialistic things or like cliche shit um i want to continue to to have peace in my heart and whatever that is to feel good about it i guess that's something that i feel like you can't get you have to just continue to do it you know what i'm saying and so peace that is a practice peace is a practice and so i think that just allows me to continue to go and so whatever happens whether the music don't work out or i gotta do whatever it is that's not what i expected not without what i was expecting i feel like my goal at the end of the day is just to have peace within myself because at the end of the day, that's going to bring me happiness totally. for whatever happens. I can be, you know, moved to, I don't know, Antarctica because I got to. And now I'm like, damn, why I got to move here? You know, but it's just like I'm here for a reason. I got to figure that out. I got to find peace within that. So that's my biggest goal. What scares you? Regret. What about it? Um, I feel like I'm closer to where I want to be at with my career and my life than not and my biggest fear is to go on in the future and look back and regret things like oh i could have done that oh i could have you know if it came to my career like oh i could have gone to this session or i could have hit up this person and actually try i don't want to look back and be like i didn't try and get my all and i think that's the only thing i'm scared of whatever the result is whatever but as long as i don't regret how i got there or whatever my decisions yeah i'm the same i'm I'm pretty much the same way. Like I had the choice uh, to stay home and stay in the Midwest for college and not move out to Los Angeles, move out to the big city and do this thing with acting and with the podcast and everything else. And then, you know, like it's, it's a big leap to move away from home and here you are. A lot of people out here in this big city of industry and entertainment, uh, we we make pretty big sacrifices going away from the home. You have to. You have to make sacrifices to... Because, I don't know, life is just not built like that. It's not perfect. To get something, sometimes you got to give. And whether it's... You got to take the risk. Yeah. You know, whether it's your time, you're maybe being com- comfortable or where you're at in life. You know, some people like to be comfortable. That's a bring peace. Cool. But if you want to reach for bigger shit, life is like, nah, you got to give some. And so that involves sacrifice, which is a big, I think, role for anybody that wants to do what they want to do. What would you say to eight-year-old CJ if you had the chance? Damn. Pick up an instrument. Boy, you slacking. Pick up an instrument, <laughs> learn some shit. Um, that's one thing. I think on a like a bigger scale than that, uh, I don't know, man. Just I'm I'm comfortable with who I am as a person and all the stuff I've gone through. So I would just look at him and just be like, you're going to be all right. Honestly, I feel like everything happened for a reason. As you know, as much as you've been saying on the pod, like 
I wouldn't want to alter anything other than just like, I guess I have a good heart. As cliche and general as that sounds, but I don't know. My mom's already telling me that as an eight-year-old, so. But I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't. I'd just be like, yo, have a good time, man. I'm, I'm not trying to change anything right now. I like who I am. Totally. You know? Totally. Yeah. Well, the eight-year-old version of you hears that, you know? Like, mm-hmm. he's he's still there. Facts. What would you want 80-year-old version of you to tell you? Mm. Just, like, make a noise to see if you're still there or not. Because I don't even know if I'm going to take you. <laughs> just do something. Uh, like, you know, be like, okay, he's there. Um, I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. I'm sorry. I don't have an answer You don't that. have to have yeah. an answer to that. I mean, I think the fact is that, like, Sometimes people try to come up with an answer, and I'm like, I mean, it's a pretty hard question. Because I think it's it's tough to say. I would like to think that, like, you know, I'm look back and be like, you did a good job. Which I hope that's what happens. But it's like, I don't even know where I'm going to be at in that point. So it's like, my whole mindset could be different by then. It I will be. I, I guarantee you yeah, it will be. It definitely will be. And so it's like... I don't even know what I'm going to be thinking. What if I like, I I move in a different country. I'm not even speaking English. Like, he tells me something. I don't even know what he said. You'd you know? be like, you're speaking Mandarin? Yeah, exactly. I'm, you know, I, who, who knows what's about to happen. But um, I wouldn't even say anything. I just give him a hug. Just to remind yourself that he's there. Yeah. Fire. That's fire. Mm-hmm. All right. One more question. Then mm-hmm. the last question. With music and everything, is there... Is there something that you've always found yourself wanting to create? Like, is there a big project that you want to make? Do you want to make an album? Do you want to produce something? Like, like what's... Come on, man. Yeah, Let's yeah, talk yeah. about that. So, no, it's funny you say that. Um, I can't really talk about it too much, but 2024 is about to be crazy. There's you want to drop something? There's... Yeah, no, there's... I'm, I'm working on a lot of stuff. I have... I'm going to have two albums that I fully produced in 2024. I'm going to have an album that I helped out with that has a lot of my stuff, but it's also other people, but like I'm overseeing that too. So you could expect like three very heavily influenced albums by me and a bunch of little nuggets that's going to be fire, like top of the year fire. Like maybe like, I don't know when this is going to come out. Yeah, humbly. I mean, and again, if that doesn't work out, we keep it moving. I'm going to still be good. That's why I said I don't want to talk about it. Because I've also found out in this industry shit, like, nothing's guaranteed. You can sign the paper, and that shit don't even come out still. You know, so it's like, as of right now, it's, ooh. But we're going to see. You know, but 2024 is definitely going to be something that's, there's going to be a year that's going to definitely change a lot. Fire. For sure. And Fire. even if whatever doesn't happen, I'm going to create that. Yeah. And you have to. I mean, yeah. there's no reason to stop. But summertime and Fourth quarter 2024 is going to be crazy. Summertime for sure. Top of the year, January is going to be crazy. Bangers? Yes. No, like, <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. Like, I'm telling you. Like, it's, just, you know. And it's like, I, I, I feel like I'm, I say that humbly. And I feel like also, too, like, I've gotten to the point now where I'm finally confident in my stuff. Tell the people. Yeah. Where can we find you? Uh, One of your friends on Instagram. Pretty soon by, the, by then, it'll be Bandcamp. It's already on SoundCloud. Um. Yeah, and then uh, you could just go to my Instagram page, click Linktree, you see the stuff I worked on, look at my page, all the stuff that I worked on there. You can reach me out, give out, you know, I fuck with you, send beats, other producers hit me up, drum loops, samples, whatever the fuck, all that. And now the final question. Mm-hmm. CJ, would you care to share a word before we leave? And no, it doesn't have to be one word. Yeah, kind of talked about it before. 
I feel like we all got superpowers. Hear me out. Okay. Might be a little bit, but hear me out. I, a big thing with me is manifestation and I manifest things through my prayer. And so a big thing with that is I feel manifestation is like a sense we have. So what are the senses we have? Like how many senses? Like five? Five physical five? senses. Yeah. So we have taste, mm-hmm. touch, mm-hmm. olfactory, smell, Facts. Uh, visual, mm-hmm. and um, taste, touch, smell, uh, visual, hearing, and hearing. Hearing. And so um, I feel like I also another sense we have is also manifestation. The reason I say that is because I feel like over time I've trained that. So for example, uh, I studied audio engineering for a long time. I've trained my ear to hear things that other people can't. Just how like wine connoisseurs or whatever they're called, they they can taste where it's from, the region, all that stuff, because they train their taste buds to do that. I feel like you can train your mind to accept things to, for the universe. To I, I feel like you can open your mind to receive whatever you want from the universe, but you have to train that. And the better you get at it, you can almost control it. And if you can control that shit in your life and you can, whatever comes around you, you're a superhero, in my opinion. And so that's something I work on every single day as much as possible. I try to, and I tell anybody can do it, you know? And it's like, are you a little superhero? Cool. Do I have a cape? No. I think that's just fire to think about just like the magic shit, but you can train that and you can control it. And if you control it, you got superpowers. That's crazy. That's how I feel. And you just do it through prayer. Um, yeah, whatever it is, like people meditate, people, whatever the fuck, but it's just like, I feel like I manifested everything that's going on in my life for the longest. I had a background on my phone was New York city before that was a laptop to make beats. My, and I, I, I had a job. I was working towards going to New York, but my, um, extremely blessed. My grandparents bought me uh, my laptop that I worked on for the longest and I didn't even ask them. I just had that on my screensaver because I was trying to manifest, uh, manifest it on my phone. Just looking at it every day, waking up, looking at it. After that was New York. I moved to New York when I was 19. I haven't done it in a minute with all the full screen shit, but then I just moved it to my mind. And so everything that I've wanted has come to me because I trained that mind. I got nothing but like willingly training my mind for that. And I feel like you control it, you got superpowers. I love it. Be the hero you can be with the powers that you have mm-hmm. and the powers cape. come from what's inside your head we just both at the same time pointed to our heads that's that's fact <laughs> it was manifested exactly. that was manifested exactly. we, we we knew well guys this has been brett gaffney and cj aka one of your friends and this has been a word before we leave i'm gonna say some quick thank yous and then i'm gonna close a, i'm gonna physically close the door and that's the episode i want to say thank you to cj of course um i also want to say thank you to everyone a part of season two and season one and more importantly, I want to say thank you to you, the listener, for joining us again on these weekly, bi-weekly stories uh, where we learn about others and then help us learn about ourselves through the process. Uh, like I said, this is Brett Gaffney and a word before we leave. And today we had CJ, uh, a.k.a. one of your friends uh, on the podcast. Uh, and stick around for future episodes because there's always more to come. Um and maybe you too can 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 manifest one of your goals today manifest it just put it out there what's the worst that can happen it doesn't happen well guess what it might uh, definitely will thank you guys alright now all I gotta do is close the door <laughs>